Good morning. Before we begin, I want to take a second and uh, just kind of remind and uh, recap and go over our plans for this evening. Uh, Tonight is, of course, our trunk or treat, and uh, we are very excited about this time together. And uh, I hope that every single person in here is planning to be back with us tonight uh, for this event. Uh, Now, we will begin at 5 p.m. And we are planning, as of right now, to have an outdoor service. Um, That's going to be kind of over near the office entrance, uh, around that area of the parking lot. And uh, so we will start there. And then right after that, of course, we'll have all the cars lined up in the parking lot, uh, kind of out in this area. And then we will give a few minutes for all of our participants, whether it's uh, that they have a trunk or that they are getting into costume. We'll give them a few minutes to get ready for that. And then we will, of course, have our trunk or treat time together. And then we will come back inside into the fellowship hall for a fellowship meal. Now, last week... I made sure to kind of give you some ideas of how you can be a part of this, and I want to go over those one more time. Uh, A few things you can do to make sure you are uh, participating in tonight's uh, activities. Uh, Obviously, we want you to be here. Uh, We want you to be a part of this time together. Um, This is an awesome excellent outreach opportunity for us to be able to show all of those that are coming in for this event uh, what it means to be here at Midway. Uh, So we want you to be here with us. We also, uh, if you have time, decorate your trunk. Uh, Honestly, even if you don't really decorate that much, as long as you've got candy, kids are going to love it. So please make a point to, uh, to at least have a trunk available for that. And uh, when you actually come in, if you're not participating in that, you'll park over here. If you are over here, we will have our youth that will be around in the parking lot making sure you know where to go. So you'll be all set up and ready for that. Um, Also, if if you want to help out in a different way, then please... Try to bring a food of some kind, whether it's soup, sandwiches, or just kind of some kind of finger food um, or dessert. That, that would be awesome as well. Uh, any kind of dessert you want to bring, any food you want to bring for our fellowship meal, that would also be a big help to us. Uh, and then finally, there are a few cards left in the foyer, uh, but we want to make sure that you are also inviting people to be a part of, of this event, whether it's a neighbor, uh, family, or a friend. Uh, please make it a point to, uh, to reach out to somebody and bring them with you as well. But we're very excited about this time together tonight, and uh, we do hope that uh, that all of you will will be there and will join us and uh, hopefully we will have an awesome turnout for this evening together. About six years ago, uh, it was actually during my uh, my time as a youth intern. Uh, I I was an intern for a summer at Hoover Church of Christ out in Birmingham. Uh, And I had a wonderful summer with them, getting to spend that time and really getting to understand if youth ministry was what I wanted to do. Uh, It it did end up being what I wanted to do. And uh, I had a great time there. And one of the things that uh, that we did that was a part of their calendar for the summer 
was to go to camp. And so uh, we went to a camp called Backwoods. And uh, the name justifies it. It's definitely kind of b- way back in the middle of nowhere. Um, and uh, there are a lot of necessities that you're used to that you don't really get while you are at camp. And, uh, of course, I was working with the, uh, the middle school and high school group uh, at Hoover during that summer. But I actually ended up getting paired up with uh, and becoming a counselor for some of the younger guys, the the fourth and fifth grade guys. And uh, so I ended up kind of counseling this cabin. Uh, And uh, fun fact, one of those guys that ended up being in that cabin uh, was Harrison, our song leader for this morning. And uh, that's the first time that I met Harrison without even realizing that, that he was from Midway or anything like that. But during this week, we had a, a whole lot of fun with, with our entire cabin, and, uh, and uh, we spent a lot of time, of course, doing all these different activities that they had set up for us, and um, not really getting a lot of sleep, and staying up late, and, you know, basically just going through an entire week of camp, which, as, as you might know if you've been to camp before, is, it can get pretty exhausting, especially by the end of the week. So we had this whole week together. And honestly, it was, it was an awesome week. And, uh, and of course, we're getting more and more of a, a lack of sleep. So it's our final night, and we're, we're staying up late. And of course, after this, everybody's you know, leaving in the morning. And uh, so we stay up for as much of the night as we can. And uh, then our whole cabin goes to sleep. And I will tell you that during that time, uh, I, I slept hard. Like, I, I slept very, very well. And the next morning, I'm woken up by uh, our other counselor. There were, there were two counselors, it was myself and, and another guy. And, uh, and so he wakes me up, and the sun's out, so it's clearly, you know, a little ways into the morning. And uh, the counselor comes up to me, kind of wakes me up, and he just says, Connor, I just wanted to let you know uh, the kid that was sleeping uh, right beside of you on this, this top bunk, last night he fell off of the bunk uh, and he landed and I, I heard him crying. So I got up and I, uh, I picked him up and I walked him all the way to my car and I put him in my car and I took him to the hospital and I got everything checked out and he's doing okay, but I just came back to get a few things and let you know. And so, immediately, the only thing that I'm thinking is, wait, I slept through that? Like, I, I am the counselor. I'm one of the people that's supposed to be in charge. And I, I just slept through a child falling off the bunk, being taken to the hospital, and all of this. And I felt terrible. I felt so bad about all of this. And, and I continued to even think back to that time and go, how did I sleep through that? Um... But, of course, this ended up happening, and just so you know, uh, he ended up being okay. He, um, I, don't, I don't really actually remember uh, if any real damage happened, but uh, he did fall off the bunk and uh, was a little hurt. But he ended up being uh, okay. But I just couldn't believe that as the person that was supposed to be in charge, as the person that really spent the whole week, of course, having fun with all the kids, but really just keeping an eye on them and making sure that they were safe and making sure they were protected, 
The one time that I'm actually just completely unavailable is the one time that this kid or one of our kids manages to end up uh, hurt or at least in need of some attention, in need of some help from me. And I was not available to do that. This morning we are uh, talking about this idea of sleeping through a storm. Now, obviously this was not an actual storm uh, that I slept through, but it was a pretty significant event that I feel like I really should have woken up for and, and failed to do so. But what we're going to be looking at this morning as we think about this idea is we're going to be talking about this idea of peace and what it means to, to actually be able to possess peace in our lives. Because I think a, a lot of times throughout our lives, we allow ourselves to become so busy or so wrapped up in the things uh, that we feel like need to get done in our lives, the things that are just so important that we never stop going and we never give ourselves a time for rest. And as a result of that, we never allow ourselves to achieve peace. And I think that as we look through, we're going to look through a couple different passages this morning, but as we look through these passages, we're going to learn what it means to actually achieve peace. And not just a, a general idea or a physical peace, but what it means according to our God, to achieve a true, eternal peace. So we're going to look through that this morning. If you will, if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at uh, this passage in Mark chapter 4. And, uh, and Jesus is, in, in what we're going to read together, Jesus is beginning his ministry. Shortly before what we're going to read, he had actually just selected his apostles, and now he is beginning to teach. He begins teaching uh, all of these uh, different people, and, and we actually see an instance right before what we're going to read where he gets into a boat, and the boat kind of goes out a little ways, and he's speaking from uh, in this boat out to the shore where all the people are standing and listening to him. So Jesus is beginning his teaching, he's beginning his ministry, uh, he has his apostles with him and they're in this boat with him and he's teaching and then uh, shortly after that is when we pick up what we are going to read together. We're going to read Mark chapter 4 uh, beginning in verse 35. It says, On that day when evening had come, he said to them, uh, this, of course, uh, being Jesus, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him uh, with them in the boat, just as he was. The other boats were with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. 
Now, in this particular passage, Jesus had been preaching, had been teaching all day. Uh, he'd been traveling some. There's a good chance, uh, this is the evening time, so there's a good chance that Jesus was probably pretty tired. Um, and it was nighttime, and that was probably about the time that, that he needed to, to rest. And so Jesus, of course, gets into the boat and, and falls asleep. And, uh, and the men in the boat that he's with, they have a very different reaction. Um, they realize that the waves are kind of starting to pick up a little bit. And so they're keeping their eye on what's happening. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a little bit worried about this. And then it starts to get a little bit worse. And then the waves start to splash into the boat. And the boat starts to kind of fill up a little bit more than the apostles or that those that are with him are comfortable with. And so they become a little bit worried. And obviously they get uh, pretty fearful. Uh, they're scared enough to where they say, uh, we need to wake up Jesus because if we don't wake up Jesus, then this whole boat is just going to sink and we're, we're all done. You see, in this instance, the apostles' fear of their environment, it was greater than their confidence in Jesus. All of the things that were going on around them made them afraid enough to believe that it was more powerful than their God. That it was more powerful than the man who was in this boat with them. And so, of course, the apostles then go, or these guys that are in the boat, they then go and they say, you know, Jesus, wake up. You don't notice this? We're kind of about to die. Uh, we're about to, uh, this boat is about to just, you know, basically go under and uh, we're going to end up trying to swim to the shore kind of thing. And uh, so they're waking him up and they're concerned. And, of course, a possibility that Jesus could have done is just said, let me go back to sleep. We're going to be fine. And then just allow them to see that the, you know, they weren't actually in as much trouble as they thought they were. But instead, Jesus uses this as an opportunity for them to kind of see who he really is and the control that he actually has. So he could have done that, but in reality, he says, he speaks to the wind and the waves and the sea, and he says, peace, be still. And of course, we see there that the sea obeys him. And then immediately everything becomes calm. And, uh, and the worry, the fear that all of these people have at this point is gone. You see, Jesus, after this, uh, after he rebukes the waves and, and makes that stop, uh, he then speaks to uh, these men, and specifically he says, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? What Jesus is, is really saying here, or the, the, the point he's trying to bring across to them, is that if you still have fear, then you must be lacking in faith. Uh, because until you are able to achieve faith, you are not going to have peace. Instead of having peace, you are going to have this fear. Until you are able to believe in who I am and what I am capable of, you're not going to be able to possess this peace. Instead of that peace, you are simply 
going to be, uh, you're simply going to have fear and you're going to be lacking in faith. And we understand from this, and, and we'll see a little bit later as we look at a few other verses, we see this correlation between faith and peace. And we understand that faith is the goal. Faith is what we need to be working toward. Faith is something that we need to make sure that we have in all circumstances at all times in our God. And peace is the result of that faith. Because if our faith is great enough, if our faith is powerful enough, then we will achieve peace. There will be no room for fear for anxiety, for uh, any of these stresses that can come into our life. And instead, the only thing that exists is peace. And the peace exists because of that faith that we have. So faith is the goal and peace is the result. You see, if these men really had faith, then they really wouldn't be this worried. In fact, if those men had the faith that they needed, even when this storm was taking place, they'd probably be sleeping too. And Jesus slept through a storm because there was no need to worry. They were all going to be safe. Everything was going to be okay. They just needed faith. That's what it required. Now, we see this instance here of, of Jesus sleeping through a storm. But we actually see another man who slept through a storm. And, and I'll be honest, this one has a very different outcome. Uh, if you will, turn with me to Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. And as soon as I tell you what book this is, you kind of already know the direction that this is going to be going. But we see Jonah here. And uh, he is, of course, as we're about to read, he is selected to be a prophet. He is selected to be a person that will take uh, the words of the Lord and bring them to a people and allow uh, these people to hear these words and then they will turn their way from their evil ways and they will repent and, and he will make a, a big change for, uh, for so many. But, of course, that's not exactly how this story starts off. In Jonah chapter 1, we're going to start at the very beginning, uh, beginning with, with verse 1. We'll read through verse 5. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it uh, to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid down and was fast asleep. Now, this Jonah story, especially in comparison to what we've just read, uh, is very different. Uh, of course, we see that Jonah immediately... 
uh, right after he is given an instruction by God, he then decides that he's going to be running from God. Uh, and in fact, Jonah is told to go east to, to Nineveh. And instead, he hops on a boat and starts to go west. He basically starts going in the complete opposite direction. And of course, as Jonah does this, and as he is uh, distancing himself, uh, and it's kind of funny because he's basically in his mind thinking that he's distancing himself from God. Um, which is obviously not effective or uh, will not work in any way. And so uh, a storm begins uh, and the boat that he is on begins to obviously be in a lot of trouble. And so a storm begins and everyone is afraid. Uh, but Jonah is uh, kind of underneath everything that's going on and he's in the boat and he's asleep. And we see that all of these men are, are very worried. They're throwing things off the side uh, to try and lighten the boat. Um, they are praying to their gods in, in an attempt to, to try and get this storm to go away. And uh, so what ends up happening after what we've just read? Well, Jonah is woken up and they actually wake him up and tell him, uh, can you please pray to your God? Because maybe your God will stop this storm that, that's, that's taking place. And of course, Jonah then has to say, well, uh, so I'm actually running from my God. And uh, the people don't like hearing that. And they say, it's because of you that this is happening. And so they talk about, all right, well, what is a solution here? What are we supposed to do? Because we're, we're all going to die. And uh, of course, we see we see what Jonah's solution is. Well, he says, well, I guess the solution uh, is to throw me overboard. And this sounds kind of crazy, but that is what works. Um, you see, Jonah, who is deciding to run away from God, understands at this point, there's no running from God. Uh, I, I can do everything that I can to try and escape or at least go in the direction away from where I believe God is. But obviously, he's going to find me. And so they throw Jonah overboard. Um, of course, you know kind of what happens to him uh, after the fact. And that's when uh, the big fish or the whale kind of comes into the picture. Uh, but then after that, the, uh, the storm ceases. Now, we see a lot of differences in these two stories. There's a lot of things that really set apart uh, Jesus in the boat and Jonah in the boat. But the biggest difference that we see here that I want to make sure that we pay attention to is the direction that the boat is going. You see, the apostles and all the men that were with Jesus at that time they were headed in the direction that Jesus was pointing them. They were all in this boat with the Lord, and they were all being taken in the direction that he was going to go, and he was right there with them. Jonah, meanwhile, he had fled from God in an attempt to go against what the Lord wanted. And so Jonah is trying to flee the presence of the Lord. 
And so the biggest difference we can see in these two things, in these two stories, is the direction the boat is going. Now, I want to come back to this idea, but before we do that, I want to look at one more passage. It's a passage we've uh, already read together earlier this morning uh, in Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, if you want to turn there. And in this passage, Paul writes to the saints in Rome. And he's talking about this correlation or this connection between faith and peace. And so he's, he's sharing this idea with, with the saints in Rome. And, and here's what he says. Uh, this is Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In this passage, we start off by understanding that it is through our faith that we obtain peace. Again, as we talked about earlier, our faith is the goal and peace is the result of that goal. And so it is through faith that we obtain peace. And it goes on to say it's through faith that we've been justified. It's through faith that we are no longer uh, required or have this, uh, this concept that we have to live in fear. We don't have to have that fear because it is through faith that we're able to obtain this peace. And then the passage goes on to say that our suffering produces endurance, which in turn produces character, which in turn produces hope. And those sufferings that, that take place, those things in our life, and, and, and I want to make that a little more broad, it's basically all of these things that we see in our life that allow us to feel any kind of stress or anxiety or any kind of negative feelings. It's through all of these different things, uh, we typically, uh, in, in reaction to them, we typically panic. We typically have all of these uh, negative reactions to them. But those sufferings, we don't panic over them and we don't try to take them into our own hands and deal with them on our own. You see, what we are actually supposed to do with those things is rejoice. We are supposed to rejoice in our sufferings. And we're supposed to rejoice in those things because we know that we are protected. Because we are supposed to have a faith that is so strong that fear does not exist in our life. That instead of having any kind of fear, we simply have peace. Because we know that our God is capable of all things. And because of the faith and the trust that we have in Him, we don't panic when suffering happens. We don't panic when, when the stresses and the anxieties of this world 
get a hold of us. We don't panic in those times. Instead, we rejoice. We know that we are safe and we know that we are protected by our God. And we rejoice because we have peace and because through all of these things, we are able to have hope. As we think through all of these different passages and and even as we look back to this story, and I want to focus mostly on this story with Jesus who is sleeping through a storm. He's, he's in this boat and uh, he's, he's completely asleep while all these other people are, are awake and, and feeling this chaos around them. I want to think about this. How frequently do we listen to this story? This story about Jesus sleeping through a storm but yet we still panic in a storm. We, we see Jesus in a very practical way basically calm all of the fears of the people around him and then proceed to say, if you're feeling this way, if you have this fear, it's because you're lacking in faith. So we're able to look at that story and say, okay, that just means that I need more faith. But then in our lives, when we see a storm taking place, when we see something going the way that we don't want it to go, something against what we are personally prepared for, we then panic when this storm hits. And in doing so, we completely forget about the faith that we're supposed to be in possession of. See, when our life doesn't go in the direction that we planned or... Um, or our stresses and our anxiety increase. Uh, maybe in a time when our issues with things going on at school or things going on at work uh, or things going on with, with our finances, all these problems just, just grow and they start to weigh us down as well. Or maybe in times when we are dealing with some kind of sickness in our own life or uh, within our family or we're dealing with a loss uh, or we're just kind of dealing with some kind of problems between the dynamics of, of our family or our relationships or, or any of these things. And in all of these, we, we question it all and we, we panic and we try to come up with a solution on our own while at the same time forgetting what it means to have peace. A lot of times we've gotten to a point where we are so focused on our boat and we are, we're, we're standing in this, this large boat and a wave comes over the side and there's a little bit of water in this boat. And we feel like we have to be in so much control of our lives that immediately we, we panic over this and we, we grab our bucket and we scoop up that water and we throw it out. We make sure that there's not a single drop in that boat. You see, we're, we're so concerned about all of the minute things, all of these tiny things, and we allow them to build up and become this stress, become this anxiety, become all of these problems that our God can take care of but we don't allow him to. And we completely lose sight of the fact that Jesus is in this boat with us. And he is never going to let us go overboard. If we continue to have this faith 
that is required of us to be able to live our lives for Him, He's not going to let all of this water completely capsize the boat. Jesus is in the boat with us. He's not going to let us go overboard. He's going to take care of things for us if we continue to have this faith. And meanwhile, instead of us worrying about all of these things in our life, what we really need to be doing is finding a time for spiritual rest. Our goal is to work toward achieving peace through our faith. Now, if we're able to to have this faith, then yes, we absolutely should have peace in our lives. And I think a lot of times as we look at our lives, it feels very similar to this idea of standing in a boat and waves come in and we freak out and we've got to scoop them up and we've got to get them right back out as quickly as possible. And as we see ourselves kind of going through life, we feel like we have to take care of every single part of our life without understanding that Jesus is in this boat with us and that we need to be trusting a lot more in Him and a lot less in ourselves. See, our goal is to work toward achieving peace through faith. If we can't take the things in our life that eliminate peace, if we can't take those things that eliminate peace and hand them over to our God and hand them over to Jesus, then we simply end up showing Jesus the lack of faith that we have in Him. So as we conclude this morning, I just have, I have two questions for you that I want you to, I want us all to, to think about together. The first question is, what direction is your boat going? Now, this is a, a very different idea from, uh, uh, from our, our next question that we'll, we'll kind of conclude on. But I think a lot of times we're so focused on what's happening in this boat that we don't even realize that we're going in the wrong direction. Um, we realize that we're not even actually going in the direction that our God has set before us and wants us to be going. So as we look at our lives and we stop focusing on all the tiny, minute details and we really look at the big picture, are we headed in the direction that our God wants us to? So what direction is your boat going? If it's not in the direction that our God wants us to, then, then we are lacking faith. And if it's in the right direction, then we know and we can have confidence in the fact that our God and our Savior is with us. And my final question for you this morning, simple, do you have peace? As you think about your life, are you able to achieve this peace? A peace that comes through faith through an unwavering faith in our Lord and what He is capable of and what He has done for us, is doing for us, and will continue to do for us.
If we feel like we are not achieving this peace, it's because we lack faith. Do you have peace? When storms come, does your faith feel like it disappears? Or are you able to recognize the presence of your Creator in every circumstance that you face? Maybe you are here this morning and you are realizing that your boat is heading in the wrong direction. And that the path that is set before you by our God is east and you are going west. Maybe you are here this morning and, uh, and, and you just realize that you are so caught up in everything that's happening inside of this boat. You're so focused on every wave, on every possible negative thing that could come into your life that you're unable to achieve peace because you don't have the faith that you need in the man that's in the boat with you. Whatever it is that you need this morning, please know that we are here for you and our God is here for you to establish that faith with you and to make sure that you're going in the right direction. If there's anything we can do for you, we ask that you come forward.